This is um, episode 181 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. Before we get into this, I just want to shout out my sponsors real quick. Um, the newest one, Dead Sled Coffee. Go to Dead Sled Coffee on Instagram or go to deadsledcoffee.com and you put in promo code Brooklyn Blast and you get 15% off your order. Um, any order domestically, for over any, any order $40 or more, you get free domestic shipping. Um, like I said, go to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all of them. They're at dead sled coffee. Um, another sponsor generation records. They survived this whole pandemic nonsense. So they're back open. They're located at two ten Thompson street in the West village in New York city. Go to dead, uh, dead sled coffee. Listen to me, go to generationrecords.com And, uh, you can, if you can't go to the brick and mortar spot in the city, you can order online. They have an eBay page where. They've been getting rid of all kinds of crazy OG demos and like first press bulldoze cassette tape and all this shit going for crazy money. But if you go there, they have everything as far as merch, vinyl, all kinds of shit. So shout out to Mark and uh, go to Generation Records on Instagram. And last but definitely not least, New Republic Printing. Go to newrepublicprinting.net. Um, Steve will take care of you. All kinds of uh, screen printing, embroidery buttons, stickers, and it's the only spot where there's no screen setup fees. And if you get your stuff delivered to a commercial address, it's free commercial shipping. You can get 10,000 shirts made and get 150 boxes delivered to your job, and it doesn't cost you a dime. NewRepublicPrinting.net, New Republic Printing on Instagram. Shout out to Steve and all my sponsors. With all of that out of the way, my man, this is, um, I say it, not too often. Um, you are one person that I've wanted to speak to for a long time. I've been doing this for about three years. Um, you're one person I wanted to speak to for a long time, but honestly, didn't know your exact situation. I knew your situation, but not the whole thing and never thought that this would happen. And then you sent me a friend request on Facebook and I'm like, is this the real guy? And I was like, holy shit, it is. So that's when I hit you up and you were like, yeah, I'm down. So everybody, the long awaited, and it's crazy because people are excited for this, man. And I think you're a little too humble by telling me like, wow, I'm surprised people even care or even interested. But singer for Cold as Life, guitar player for Hate Inc., Detroit legend, I will say, Jeff Gunnels. What's Jimmy, up, my what's man? Up, buddy? You're right, man. Man, that shit was crazy right there. That's all, right, all off the rip. I just fuck. I just babble, man. I just fucking babble. Right on. Well, you know what? When I seen you and how active you were, you were in the in music, man. I had to hit you with the request. Awesome. I, appreciate I was like, wow, very fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to appreciate somebody that's actively involved. 
I try. Um, I was, I mean, I've, you know, been into hardcore, you know, I was, I was a metal head and then I got into hardcore in like the, the late eighties, early nineties and going to shows like my whole life. I'm 44 now, but been going to shows since I'm like 14, 15. And, um, I was booking shows for a little bit, not that many, maybe like two dozen shows at a local spot. Um, one, uh, version of Cold as Life played one of my shows for Rap Bones' 50th birthday party, um, which was Rap just Bones. great. Rap Bones is the best, man. Rap Bones calls me. I'm on my way to work like last week. It's like seven o'clock in the morning. I get a phone call. It's Rap Bones. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing, man. I'm just, you know, just want to say I love you, Jim. Like, what's up, Rap Bones? Like, he's the best. Yeah, um, he is. He yeah. Is. yeah. One of my oldest friends. Yeah, I know. I know he has a deep history. I did two episodes with Rap Bones on this. Two long episodes. Yeah, yeah he goes deep on Detroit and his whole story oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But then, you know, I was doing shows and then that kind of fizzled away. It's kind of a thankless job. It's a lot of work for no money. And I don't do any of this for money at all. I have a regular job. Right. So this whole idea came up with doing a podcast and... I didn't know if there was going to be 10 episodes and now I'm looking at your episode 181 and I have like 30 like short ones, which I just call bonus mini episodes. So there's like over 200 times I've done this in one capacity or the other. And right, I right. enjoy it. You know, I like fucking around and making flyers. I like bullshitting. And that's as simple as that, bro. You know, I hear you, man. Yeah. So I keep busy. Say it again. I keep busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got to. Got to. So, man, Jesus. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said it by necessity, man. You know what I mean? Like you said, there ain't no money in it. It's uh, it's for the love of, and it keeps you busy. Yeah. It yeah, um, it's it sounds weird, but like when I when I sit down and. I make my flyers. It's always quiet and it's like therapy for me. It's just like, it's my quiet time. It's, you know, it's, there's so many different things are the reasons why I like to do it. And I mean, ultimately it's, I've gotten the chance just because I have a podcast, I've gotten the chance to speak to so many people that yes, I might know them or know them like be an acquaintance, but never really sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation because you can't do that at a show or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it's given me the opportunity to speak to a lot of people that I grew up listening to, respected favorite bands, like became f like legit friends with people that I looked up to as a kid, you know? So yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just fun shit, man. It's just as simple yeah. as that. Do things you yeah. like. That's it. No agenda. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I don't even know, Jesus Christ, where do I begin with you, man? Like, do you want to go back to your roots in Detroit and then try to somehow come up to this point. I mean, I mean, I'm sure we're going to be all over the place at times, but yeah, that, that, that goes a long way back. Uh, we, I got we another go, time. Yeah. We can go any direction you want, bro. Like I said, I'm an open book, man. I'm hiding nothing, man. Uh, okay. All right. So check it out. I'll put it out there right now, and I've said it so many times, not just because I'm saying it to you, but people know this. Born to Land Hard is the hardest record that was ever fucking released, first and foremost. I'll put it up against any record 
anywhere. The all and what's crazy, and it sounds like I'm blowing smoke, but I'm not. The second record that comes close to it is Fraternal Order of Felons. Those two records are fucking stupid. And I'm I'm a New York guy. You know what I mean? I'm you know, of course, of course there's the agnostic fronts and the sick of it alls and the chrome eggs. Of course there is. But the but that Detroit shit that that fucking those two records. I get goosebumps, bro. It's crazy. And I'm not even from there, but I kind of get it. It's fucking bananas. And it's crazy. And I'll put that up against any record. Anyone who's listening to this, when this does come out, you can fucking debate me all day long. Um, So now you obviously, did you grow up in Detroit itself? Uh, well, in Wayne County, um, not too far from Detroit, but as in my adult years, I've been in the city pretty much, uh, the majority of my life. <clears throat> okay. Um, I mean, it sounds like a hacky question, but I'm, I'm very, I know all of, I hear stories and I know all about like the Lower East Side of New York and I've heard stories about Detroit especially back then when it was the murder capital of the world and all that stuff. And I'm sure it's no picnic now either, but what was it like? Like, do you, would you want to get into like, what was your home like? Like, like what, what would, I mean, because the reason why I'm asking all this is because all the shit that went into those records, you hear, like, I like to compare it, not sonically, but the feel of like, if you listen to victim in pain, you hear a certain time frame on the Lower East Side of New York City without them even mentioning it. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain there's yeah, a yeah. time capsule there that's captured in that record in an odd way. And I feel, even though I'm not from Detroit, I feel like like that Born to Land Hall record, and even like the demos before that, there's a fucking grittiness and a true honesty about how fucked up that place is so I just I don't know if you were able to elaborate on that or stories or something, anything like that, just to paint the picture, not just for me, just for everyone else who's watching and listening. Well, Borderland Hard and uh, Fraternal Order of Felons, uh, it was a group of guys, man. We were all homeboys. And uh, basically, it was a culmination of the lives we lived, you know, the things we saw, the, our experiences in life. And... Uh, it was a rough, dirty place for a lot of years, man. I mean, there's some revitalization going on now, and uh, it's a lot different city. I've been gone for almost eight years, and uh, it's a different city just in that eight. But when I was coming up in the city in the late 80s, early 90s, it was, uh, it was a real dangerous place, man. You know, of the, of the six or seven, maybe eight coldest life mainstays, four of them are dead. Yeah. You know, I've buried, buried countless friends and family members and lost people to, to suicide and the OD and life pres- life prison sentences. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other cities, but, uh, that those records, those demos, that that's where the life we were living. Yeah. Like no joke. And, and, and I think people who are hip to cold as life understand that that's, that's not, there's no gimmick there. It's not like this fake posturing tough guy, uh, you know, shit at all. 
And I'm sure you're aware, and I really, really wish, and hopefully one day it will, I have no idea because I have no part of it, but Richie from Wisdom and Change was trying to put together that documentary. Do you, are you aware I saw, of that? I saw pieces of it, but uh, I thought it was a, a project that just never got finished. Right. You know? Yeah, it never got finished. There's only like a three-minute trailer, and I think it fizzled out. I mean, and I'm not going to quote Richie, but I remember he was saying on his podcast, the Post America podcast, several episodes back, it's like, it's like who, like, first of all, who's willing to talk about certain things? Who's not alive? Who's locked up? So, and there's so many things in order to get a complete, legitimate, no bullshit story out there, it's almost impossible. Because you can't get certain storylines and certain, you. you know, from certain people who just literally aren't here anymore. So how complete right. of a story would it be? But I would love a, a good fucking attempt at seeing that, man. Because I don't know, for somebody I'm fascinated with, I'm fascinated with a really good shit show. You know what I mean? Right. It's so, like a train wreck. You can't take your eyes off it. you got to see it. All day long, all day long, fascinated with it. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, burnt out buildings, I mean, drugs like crazy. And, and I, I mean, I, I have to bring it up. It's like, did you, when, when you were growing up, how did you meet Ron? Uh, Roy. Yeah. And I, no, Ron. and Jay. Way. Okay. Roy, our drummer. Right. From the beginning. Jay Way, the guitar player from the beginning, and myself, we had a, a, a punk rock band, and we were looking for a singer and a bass player. And uh, Jimmy Graham, Robbie Doom's little brother from ALD, another Detroit band, and uh, and Ron showed up to this uh, audition or rehearsal or whatever you want to call it. We were looking for singer and bass player, and they showed up. And uh, I think we scared Robbie Doom off, but Ron <laughs> wanted to do something. So we went from, uh, you know, punk roots into a kind of evolved into a hardcore band. Okay. So, yep. so he just, so you didn't, you didn't know him before and he just came there. I, I, I saw him at shows really young when we were really, you know, young going to shows. We, we had mutual friends, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't know him. Right. Did he have a reputation at that point? Yeah. Oh yeah. He always had a reputation, man. Did he? He always had a reputation. Oh, yeah. He, he made it. He earned it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard through the grapevine through, through several other people, like some wrong stories, but I don't know. I, have, I don't know. I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I, I heard stories. Hey, yeah. You, you mentioned uh, in some of your sponsors, you had uh, some place selling vinyl. One of our first experiences in New York City, we were playing with Agnostic Front. <clears throat> and, uh, during, the, during the day, we went to uh, St. Mark's and we were checking out record stores. And uh, there was an ag Agnostic Front pressing on the wall that they wanted like 250 bucks or some crazy amount of money. And, uh, and we were in there and Ron just snatched the record from the guy and he started panicking and trying to call the cops. So Ron ripped the phone out of the wall, started... <laughs> Grab, grabbed the record back, started going up the stairs, and the guy was ch kind of chasing ass, so he threw the record down the stairs and punched him a couple times, and that was our first experience in New York City. Uh, One of them. That's fun. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice, uh, yeah. Nice little, uh... hey, hey, Roger, 
Roger was like, man, you fucking guys. <laughs> and especially like, when is that? Like what, what, what year are we talking about? Early nineties? Uh, yeah, it was yeah. early nineties. Okay. Uh, like so yeah. 90s, so, so Roger was a little wild too. Oh yeah. He was an animal. Right. So, so, so even for him to be like, yo, you guys are fucking crazy saying something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Roger. He's the best. And of course, Vinny Stigma fucking rules. Oh, good friends of mine, man. I miss him. I haven't seen him in years. Better part of a decade, you know? Yeah. Well, Vinny waiting, waiting for this world. Waiting for this world to open back up. I'm uh, on a, I'm on a two-year parole, too. I can't go nowhere. So, but when I can, I'll be out for a visit. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. Let me know. I'd love to fucking say what's up and bullshit or whatever. I mean, Vinny's around. Right. Vinny's on fucking Mod Street. Vinny's in the Lower East Side. You know, he's same place, same place in Little Italy. Same exact place. I was there like six months ago. Yeah. 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 Me yeah, and Mike Gallo, we did one of these. He's been there forever. Forever. His whole family lived in that entire building. Yeah. Whole they family. Probably, they probably pay $75 a month because they got that cla- that grandfather clause in for rent. Oh, without a doubt. Well, the only person that's left of his family is just him, but there's like tenants that live up in there. And it wasn't like I wasn't recording at the time, but I asked him, I was like, how much is I going to pop? Because it's a small pop, it's two rooms. It's tiny. So he's like, he's like, I know how much they want, like upstairs and downstairs, and how much they're getting. I'm like, how much? He's like, like 5000 a month. They want 2500 a room. What? It's right it's around the block from the Ravenite, like John Gotti's old fucking hangout. It's, it's, it's tiny. My bedroom I, is I've like half the size. I've been there. I've been, oh, been- in his apartment. Oh, yeah. so you know exactly what I'm talking about. They want five yeah. grand for that. Yeah, the, the bedroom and the kitchen are the same room. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's awesome. Hey, you got you to gotta make sure you tell Vinny and Roger I said, hey. I definitely will. I definitely will. Shit, man. So now, what happened? I know that it's probably an old day. You've probably spoken about it amongst friends a billion times over several different you know instances, but... What I'm just basically going over this for people that don't know. Um, what happened? What was the deal surrounding the murder of Ron of Ron Beauty? Of well, what you know and what you can talk about, just to paint well, the picture for everyone. So Ron and this cat named Rich Worstein, the guy that killed him, had a, a, roommate, a flat. Right? Yes, yes. They had a flat on uh, in Detroit Southwest Side. And uh, Rich, the guy that killed him, had called me one day and said that Ron was or, uh, slapping some people. No, no, I'm sorry. Ron called me and told me that he was a bit nervous, man, that he got into it some, with some homies in the neighborhood uh, about Rich slapping somebody around at a phone. They had phone booths back then and pay phones and uh, people used to conduct business on them. And uh, there was some kind of altercation at this pay phone. And uh, Ron told me he was a bit nervous about it. Uh, That's as much as I know. I know they found Ron dead with, uh, with three 38 holes in the back of his ear. He was in the bed. He was in his boxers. It was like he was sleeping. Uh, you know, Rich Worstein, he's on Michigan's Most Wanted. I think he's on the FBI's list as well. But uh, nobody knows where he's at. 
There's been some rumors. There's been some rumors that uh, he's hiding out on some property up north, some family property up north, and he's got people going to get his every need. But that's about all I know, man. There's always going to be them questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's just crazy how, like, in this day and age, like, he's still not caught yet. Right. Right. It's, it's crazy. Like, because every once in a while, I'll see somebody will post that one wanted picture of him. And it's like, this happened right. in August of 93. We're talking a long time, man. It's fucking yeah. crazy. Long, long time ago. You know, uh, Ron, Ron lived his life in a, uh, in a real reckless way. He, uh, if you loved Ron, you loved him. If you hated him, you really hated him. Uh, having the relationships we've had, there's been time to be real honest with you that I was going to kill him. Like, like no joke, kill him. Um, he, he, like, I loved him, but I also hated him. And, uh, you know, and, and Ron was the same way. If he loved you, he loved you. But if he hated you, he hated you. And, uh, you know, he lived his life a bit reckless and I'm not saying he deserved what he got, but he lived that life. So that's part, part of it. And I miss him. You know, he left a daughter here. I ended up adopting her and raising her, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I heard stories and like, he's like a, he's like a legendary guy. It's, it's, you know, it's, yeah, the story surrounded him. But, um, so now how did, I mean, after that, I mean, obviously, Coldest Life was a band at the time because there were several demos out. There's the 89 demo, the 91 demo, the 92 demo, and the 95 demo. And I believe, am I wrong or am I right that you were on the 97 demo? I was on all of them. Every demo? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the guitars. But you're talking about... No, I'm talking about vocal-wise, yeah. Oh, you know what, man? We did so much stuff. I I, I couldn't (laughs) tell you what it was. But, yeah, I started singing... um, right after Ron's death, you know, we tried a couple guys out and one working out and we were a close knit thing and we just kind of kept it in. So I played guitar and screen. There you go. And then, I mean, you guys went into how much besides, I know like, where are we going? And there's a few songs that are on born to land hard. That was on the demos. How much were you, when Born to Land Hard actually came out, how much of the writing and stuff like that were you responsible for? Like songs on uh, it? All, all the music, um, but uh, probably, uh, I would say it was a, a, a 60, 40, me, my lyrics, Ron's lyrics. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I gotta ask, because I have to, who wrote the lyrics to Little From The World? I did. Motherfucker, you <laughs> fucking motherfucker. I was hoping you were going to say that. Jesus Christ, man. That fucking song. Was, uh, um, so now, you guys go into the studio. You release that shit. Did you guys tour? Like, I'm not saying, like, I mean, outside of Detroit, like, were you, like, did you go on, like, any, like, legit U.S. tours, like, in vans and shit like that? Or was it just more, like, a couple of shows here and there on runs? It was, uh, it was guerrilla style for the most part. We were always DIY. We did everything on our own. Uh, 
but we got on, uh, we got on some legs of tours and we did Europe a few times, but, uh, as far as like four corner us extensive touring, no, nah, we were always so dysfunctional, man. We couldn't right. really get it together. Yeah. 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 Tour, touring was for people that knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I, I, yeah. And even then, man, even then I've heard some fucking stories about bands on tour. It's like people want to cannibalize each other after a week, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. You learn a lot people. about people in close quarters. That's true. The yeah. best and worst that people are, you'll, you'll know it. Like this. If you're a half a decent, good judging character, yeah. Fucking nuts, man. So now, uh, now, you have to, I mean, I don't know what pops out in your head. Um, I'm not asking for like all the kinds of 90 million things, but... There's always the, the the Detroit hardcore shows that were like legendary as far as almost unbelievable what used to happen at these shows as far as violence and insanity. Is there something that might pop out in your head, like a story of a spe specific show that you can like just touch on for a minute? Man. Or is there like 50 that just bum rush your head? Yeah, man, there's so many, you know, uh, it was always chaotic. It wasn't a night until something went haywire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, uh, God, man. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I just put you on the spot. Man. I don't know. I'm just there's, going over to copy it, dude. <laughs> I, I listen, I've seen bad brains. I've seen, I've seen so many good shows. I've been to so many good shows. I played so many good hardcore shows. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Detroit crowd, man, it would, it would erupt and then it would chill and it would erupt and then it was chill, but there was no sense of like, uh, uh, any kind of cohesion, man. It was just all in or everybody kind of on the sidelines watching to see what was going to happen. Right. It's, wow. uh, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, hard to explain. You know, when we were doing hardcore shows, hardcore was still dangerous. You know what I mean? And sure. it's, it's become something altogether different. Uh, nowadays but it was uh you definitely had to be aware of your surroundings oh yeah without a doubt without a doubt um because yeah, i mean i'm familiar with that too like in the city and cbs and, and all that shit way back in the day in the early 90s it was fucking rough man it's like yeah. you had to you had to have eyes in the back of your head you just never knew what the fuck was gonna pop off right but um, it wasn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily the 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 people at the shows either man it was the, the venue, you know what I mean? The, True. The, the block, the block. You just had to always watch. Yeah, man. Fucking nutty. But now, yeah. Born to Land Hard dropped in 98. When did, how, how did it all, I don't know, I don't know how it all meshed in together, but the whole Hate Incorporated thing like were you doing double duty like like was it like an offshoot for a little while like you started playing guitar and hating while singing for cold's life yep 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 uh tom maniachi was uh was a, a, a one of a, one of the homies and uh he always wanted to do this hate ink band his cousin was in prison he'd write the lyrics and send them home and then we uh we would do his songs i would write something tom would write something and we would do his songs and uh and it was just a straight, strict hardcore band. Uh, wow. And it, yeah, yeah, I don't know if there's a harder name for a record than the Fraternal Order of Felons either. <laughs> it's just fucking batshit. It's like Jesus Christ, just the cover. 
I mean, didn't Daryl did the cover, no? Yeah. yeah. Daryl Maniac. Yeah, he's gone now, too. Yeah, I remember when that, I think it was like MySpace or some shit. I don't even know if it was fucking Facebook at the time. And I saw that. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Detroit Hardcore Tattoos and the yeah. legendary fucking hating skull that he tattooed on thousands of people probably around Detroit. <laughs> How many of those do you have? You have to have a hating skull. I don't. I don't. I got. I probably got a hundred skulls on me, but I don't have the hating. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now, now, you did you write the lyrics for that record? What did be? No, I, I wrote. Uh, this is kind of funny, man. But I wrote on the yard. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah. So I know. I know. Beast is like. Chilling right now, I heard. Yeah, he's in a good spot, man. That's it. I'd love to hear that. I love to hear that. I, 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 I actually found somebody. My friend Anthony Gutter. He has. Uh, he actually does. His hustle is crazy. Like from merch to horror figures. I mean, that, that's what he does. And he actually found and I bought it from him probably a couple of years. I don't wear it too much because I don't want it to get it too fucked up. But he had a fucking hating shirt. I'm like, yeah, I had to fucking buy that shit because I never had one. But I always wanted, like, a hate ink reunion or something, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Fuck, yeah. yeah. Um, so now, after, after Born to Land Hard, I mean, it was, that came out in 98, so it wasn't only, it was like only two years later when Declina- the Declination of Independence comes out. Right, right. Which is another, for, you sound like you're fucking possessed on that record. <laughs> uh, yeah another fucking banger of a record and then like what was the deal with the band at that time because it wasn't too much after where things got a little it's it started getting kooky in there man uh you know there was a lot of egos involved and a lot of uh a lot of history man that there were some things that have happened that happened along the way that some people you know had a bad taste in their mouth or couldn't let go uh, we were becoming more and more dysfunctional. Um, you know, yeah. it did the, the right, re- we were disappointed with the record for sure. Uh, and really? there was, yeah, there wasn't a lot, a whole lot of momentum going for us, man. We were looking at each other cross-eyed all the time. And there was a, we were a DIY band and, and we started being a lot more, uh, out there and it, it started taxing us more. It became more of a, a business than it was the, about the band. Yeah a couple guys in the band that wanted to start, uh, start singing and you know what I mean? To reach new fan base. And they were talking off industry shit and I, you know, I'm straight hardcore. Yeah. And, uh, we just started button heads, man. Yeah. Wow. It, it, that, that just sounds weird for like cold as life to be like some industry polished, you know, it was, it was never polished, but you know I, know, I mean? know, but like to, to aspire to that just sounds just like it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Well, we, we distroed our own stuff. We had our own, uh, graphics guy and we would print our own merch and you know what I mean? We were doing every book in our, our tours, our shows, uh, we were doing everything on our own. So it you know, the responsibilities in that you know, started weighing on us. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Some of, some of half the guys wanted to sign. I definitely didn't. Did you have, did you, you had like legit label interest? Uh, yeah, yeah, a few. 
Yeah. yeah. Do you remember who at all? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Who, who did who did Biohazard's first record? First record, Maze. Maze. No, it wasn't them. Uh, Victory. We we always talked with Tony, but. He didn't want to ever do it. He wanted to work, but he never he put something, anything on the table that was worth anything. Right. Yeah, I hear stories about yeah. that. Too. Good, good distro, but, you know, he had a bad reputation for not paying people and, you right. know. Yeah. Printing second press things and not letting anybody know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just ask a little Mikey Hood about all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I've been messaging him back and forth today, man. Love that dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> Love yeah. little Mikey. Yeah. Yeah. It's good shit. Um, so now, all right, things get square. And then basically after declination, it kind of, what happened after that? Like, cause there's like, a, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm not aware of, but I mean, how long after did you stop playing with Ramallah? I mean, another person, fucking white trash Rob. I fucking love that guy. And I need to have him on here, but uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Well, me and him, we go back and forth on Twitter. That's one of the only main reasons why I'm on Twitter is because I have I have access to bullshit with Rob. Right, right. You know, because he's he's on the Facebook thing, but it's only like a page. It's not like a personal thing. He doesn't run the Instagram, so it's it's only through Twitter. And you know, he he comes and goes. So. But he always said, you know, I actually, the last show that I ever booked was Ramallah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was a little place called Lucky 13. It still opens here in Brooklyn. And it was like, it was like Ramallah and a bunch of bands from like Philly and shit. And we came to an agreement, me and Rob, and he did a mixed set of Blood for Blood and Ramallah songs. And it was fucking ridiculous. In a small little room, it was fucking packed. It was just fucking amazing. And then, like, later on that year, he played this hardcore. It was fucking amazing. Love Probably. that guy. So do I. So do I, man. Yeah. Fucking sweetheart of a guy, man. Super fucking smart. His his podcast is great. The Nodcast on fucking YouTube. I've seen it a couple times. Oh, bro, it's fucking brilliant. It's just him, and he's just always, he's just pissed off. He does fucking silly shit. He dances around. It's hysterical. He smokes cigarettes and talks shit into his little fucking laptop. It's fucking amazing. What a good dude, man. Rob Rob is one of them unique guys, man, that that really has a way to articulate what what his life experiences, what he sees in a real way that connects with his listeners, man. There's very few people that have that. Yeah. ability that talent he is definitely high on my list him Pauly bear you know what i mean there's just oh, certain guys out there that can that can really hit, drive it home yeah yeah man and i just stumble over my fucking words sitting here like an idiot <laughs> you know what I mean? you and me both yeah exactly i don't give a shit i just fucking bullshit um yeah paul bear is another one i had him on too it was fucking great i met him at a diner in staten island yeah yeah you hear like Dishes and silverware crashing in the background. The fucking waitress comes over. It's a shit show of an episode, but it was just cool just to bullshit with him. Yeah. 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 Fucking crazy shit, man. So now, were you, did you play, you were on the Life is Pain record, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 But not, were you on the the last one on Clockwork Misery? No. No, I was in prison. Okay. Yeah. Well, that was kind of, the beginning of 
prison. I, I went to, I caught my case in 2012 and I just got out, uh, April 7th this year. Fuck. Okay. I don't even know what to ask or how to go with this, but when I felt, when I heard that you were out and, and you, um, and you, and you were out and you sent me the friend because I was like, all right, cool. He's out. Obviously. Um, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this guy just does what it was a little over seven years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this guy does seven years in prison. And when he gets released, it's during a fucking pandemic. Right. Right. What the fuck? You know, um, well, do you want to tell you what happened? Go ahead. I was going to say it was rampant in the system, man. Everybody was sick in the system, in the, in, in the penitentiary. Really? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they throw a mask at you and throw you in a cell and tell you good luck. They, they don't treat anybody. You know what I mean? They, uh, it's, it was a bad place to be sick. I caught it. I had it twice. I had it in February, and then I had it in March when I was leaving. Really? Yeah. 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 You could not get it and be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, so that puts a little different perspective on where I was going to go, which is a good thing. Um, before I go to that spot, do you want to talk about your incarceration at all? I mean, I'm not opposed to it. You know, it's a big part of my life, man. It's some of the uh, most profound lessons I learned when I was in prison, you know? Right. Yeah, now, before you get going, I, I will say that this is the first time I'm ever having a conversation with you, but when we were going back and forth and I, I was, I was looking at your Facebook page. I just got this feeling that I was like, I think that this guy, but not knowing you, obviously just knowing stories and a general idea of what was already in my head. I'm like, I know that this guy has been through crazy shit, grew up in Detroit, the, the, the notoriety of the band and everything that surrounds all of that. But right now, he seems like he's very humble and in a good place. I've, I've never felt so healthy and, and, That's and the feeling I, I got. yeah, I've never been comfortable in my own skin. And, uh, and for the first time in my life, I, I am, I'm, I'm, I go to bed without, with the guilt free conscience, man. I love to hear that, man. Fucking congratulations, man. Thank I you. I love Thank to you. hear that shit. Thank you. Yeah. Without a doubt. I've been through my shit nowhere near as much as you, but I've been through my shit. And I'm at a place where I remember what I did yesterday. I don't have to look over my shoulder. It's, That's it, man. I spent too many years doing that. You know, yeah. prison prison will change your perspective. You there? I'm here. Hold on. I lost, I lost you here. I see you and I hear you. I lost you, though. No, I see and hear you. My screen went blank. But anyway, I was saying that uh, prison will change your perspective. All right. Do you still see? Do you see me again or no? No, I don't see you, man. No, I don't know. No. I, I don't know. You're, you're good on my end. I don't know. I don't know, buddy. I don't know. I definitely see you though, and I hear you. You're clear yeah. as day. 
so so w- when you're uh when you spend that much time alone with your thoughts man all them coulda shoulda wouldas man haunt you uh you know being in prison was hard right but it wasn't and that wasn't the consequence you know i have I beautiful family beautiful kids uh you know i betrayed their trust man they relied on me looked to me uh and trusted in me to to be their provision and guidance man and their loving and protective father man and uh you know, I got hurt in 2009 and uh, I plowed a, a top chainsaw into my wrist and blew through my ligaments and tendons and uh, had some reconstructive surgery. I, I was uh, prescribed uh, heavy opiate based pain management. I was on them for a year and three months. And, uh, you know, I went from a husband and a tradesman and a father and a musician to somebody with his hand in a robbery. You know, I went to prison, but, you know, so. The spending those years <clears throat> thinking about, you know, life's choices and that deeper meaning, man. And, you know, all those left turns when I should have turned right, it, it gave me a clarity and a perspective and a gratitude and a drive and a, and a humility that I, that I've never known. Uh, wow. so it was, it was a steep price to pay, but I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fucking awesome to hear. And that, that, that's another thing. You said, you said the word humble. And that's what I figured. I was like, he seems like a humble dude right now. So something. How, how dare I judge anybody with an inventory like mine? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Am I still not on your screen? No, man. Something just popped up. Press a button, but just not the stop button. <laughs> Maybe something will happen. <laughs> it's, it, just, it just blanked. Hold on. Listen, this is guerrilla podcasting, so it's all good. Right, right. This little bar. Oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, it's got to be a fucking learning curve, too, man, because you're in there and then you come out and the world is fucking completely different with fucking technology. It is. It's all the way different. Here we go. There we go. Now I got you. All right, cool. I've been seeing you the whole time, so that was just weird. Right, right. Uh, yeah, this, this technology, you know, even before I went to prison, man, I was never a computer guy, you know what I mean? I was yeah. playing guitars and cutting trees down and had a family, and I didn't mess with these computers. Uh, right. So now, you know, <clears throat> add seven years of living under a rock and coming out and everything's changed and it's brand new. I, I'm, I'm making it, though. I'm making progress. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I knew there was. That's why you were like, I'm trying to navigate. When you hit me up, I'm like, just take your time, man. I get it. I fucking hate computers. I'm like, I do too, man. You know how many times I want to take my computer, just fucking sail it across the room. I hate it, yo. Yeah, ridiculous. So now, I mean, it's that's awesome. That I mean, obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing that that you don't already know. But you hear the horror stories, and you see it every day of like people who go to prison and come out, and then you know, wind up right back in, you know what I mean? So it's awesome that throughout your whole thing, you, you, you got it and you seem good, dude. I am. I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good place, man. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, as far as people going back to prison, man, they, you know, Michigan is a, a truth and sentencing state, but they also have a parole board. So you have to do every day of your minimum sentence. And then you see a parole board, which decides whether or not to parole you or, you know what I mean? Or keep you in. So it's, it's tilted from the, from the get, but when guys hit, 
touchdown and get back out, it's set up uh, these hoops you got to jump through and these requirements, man, make it really hard to succeed. Yeah. So, you know, and again, there's other people too that just return to that same life that put them in there to begin with. So, right. you know, there's a couple of reasons that, that, uh, that recidivism rates high, but for, for, for some, you know what I mean? It's that, uh, it's that moment they've been needing their whole life. Yeah. You know? I, it saved prison saved my life. That's fucking great to hear, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was the worst experience of my life, but it was the best experience of my life. And and it's probably hard for somebody to understand that it hasn't been there. Right. I remember my little right. brother was just getting done with a 10 and a half year sentence. And I was out here when he got home and I was stressing about the life and, you know, the struggle. And he looked at me, said, listen, man, everybody needs a year of prison. I looked at him. I said, no way, man. Not everybody needs prison time to get it. He's like, trust me, everybody needs a year of prison. I didn't agree and I didn't understand until I went to prison. And then I understood, man, it'll, it'll change your perspective and outlook on life. Yeah. I mean, like you, I said, every, yeah. every, you know, I believe time is our most precious commodity, man. You can't, you can't make it. You can't buy it. You can't steal it. We get what we get. And yep. when that time is up, it's up that, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. Yep. It's no figure of speech. That's real. It's real. And uh, you, I think that people need to start pulling their loved ones close and telling them the things that they need to tell them before, before they can. Yeah. Yep. Is that your ringtone? Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> Circus. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought it was. It's your ringtone. Um, yeah. yeah, man. I mean, I mean, you're very fortunate because I mean, you get out and you already have, you have a job and I mean, you, you're good. I mean, we, we, we messaged several times and you said, you know, you're very fortunate to be in the position you're in. And it's fucking yeah, awesome news to hear, man. Yeah, there's doors opening up left and right uh, for me. So it's, it's a good place to be in. Yeah. So now what do you think? Because now I was going to say I had an idea, but maybe I was wrong. Because um, you did say that, that you had this fucking virus. Did they, do you believe that you really had the virus itself? Or was it? Well, I got sick twice and a lot of the symptoms that I had were, you know what I mean? Symptoms that were listed. Right. So, and, and, and everybody was testing positive, you know what I mean? So right. yeah, I had it. I had, I had it up until, uh, I, th I want to say the beginning of June, I kept yeah. testing positive, but showing no symptoms for a, a month and a half, but I still had the virus was still present. Wow. Yeah. So what were you feeling? I felt fine. I felt healthy. Felt ready to, you know, reconnect with the world and get to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I had to quarantine for another month and a half when I got out. Fuck. So now, what do you think? Because you send me some stuff, you know, through my messenger, little videos and stuff. What do you think about this whole thing? Like, as a as a whole, about what's going on with the government and everybody like what's your what's your for lack of a better term and i hate the term but what's your little conspiracy theory because everything that you sent me i agree a thousand percent you know i i read a book by uh bill cooper william cooper called behold a pale horse one time yes sir and i have it i have it right in my living room right 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 um you know, he I think he was the highest ranking Navy Admiral of Intelligence the, 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 the government's ever had. He's worked for the NSA. 
he's worked for the, the intelligence world his whole life. He had access to uh, information and documents that uh, 99.9% of people out there don't. You read the book. Um, I think that it's... Everybody should read the book. I think so, too. Yes, everybody should read that book. But uh, I think there's things going on in this world that, uh, that we couldn't even wrap our brains around. I know the dirty deals I made behind closed doors. You know what I mean? As a street kid from from Wayne County in Detroit, I couldn't imagine what these white collar crooks are doing. Oh. I couldn't even imagine with the technology and the resources that these people have and the greed behind it, man. I think that, uh, I think it's a wrap really. I, I, I don't think there's any, any way to fight it. It's like throwing a rock at a tank. There's just, there's nothing. I don't think anybody can do. Right. I, I, I agree. I agree. It's like people like, and there's all these protests and this and that. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I think there's a lot of ego involved. I think people, I think a lot of people are brainwashed. I think a lot of people are fucking, they, they think that they can make a difference in this whole thing, but the whole thing is fucking done by design. Yeah. It's yeah. all done by design. You're just doing what they want you to do. You right. know? I mean, there's no middle. There's no middle, right? And where there's no middle, there's no uh, body. You know, there's not the numbers that they would that they need to happen. The I think the bottom line is we're all in the same boat and it's sinking. You know what I mean? We're all in the same. We're in this together, man. Yeah. But there's just not a pe. Too many people are living hand to mouth. You know, they have this just this little bit left, and they don't want to lose it, so they don't rock the boat. Right. So they're just lying and in line and doing what they're told. Yeah. And you know what? Not for nothing, like all this shit and all this old distraction and everyone, there's the rat race aspect of it where you got to work in order to pay your bills. And it's just a day by day, paycheck to paycheck. Everyone's so busy with everything and everything behind closed doors, like you were just saying, just goes on and on and on. And it's just, we're just the little army ants and we're fighting with each other while they go off and do their thing and they control everything. And people have this sense of, well, my one little voice is going to make a difference, but it just gets shut shut down because there's so much going on from every single angle that whatever you say gets forgotten in 30 seconds anyway. Yeah, man. And people's attention spans are shot. It's like, you know, as we said, everybody should read Behold the Pale Horse. As I was saying that, I'm thinking in my head, no one's going to sit there and read that. People would rather click headlines and clickbait on websites and Facebook than actually sit down and open up a book and read it. Hey, one of one of the things I've learned in life is, man, is they hide a lot of wisdom in them books. Damn right they do. Yep. Damn, I just lost you again, bro. What happened? <laughs> What's going just, on over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I got it now. There we go. All right, there you go. See, you learned the you learned the gimmicks. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, you know, when people are divided, man, uh, it keeps the attention focused on uh, the division. Mm-hmm. Rather than the the same dicks fucking us all, you know what I mean. But when we yeah. fight each other, we fail to see what's really going on. We won't see it because I'm I'm watching you. You're watching me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and people, I don't understand how people don't fucking. I don't know. It's like sometimes like, like well, not that I'm fucking 
toot my own home, but I'm like, how come people aren't wired? Like, how come people don't see this shit? People don't see right past their nose. Like, how come I have the mental capacity to see other shit? But then I'll see, I'll say that, and then I'm a conspiracy theorist. I don't know what I'm talking about, and the, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know what? You just want to go fucking fight each other. Go fucking have at it. You want to fucking go fight each other. You both sides. I agree with some here, and I agree with some here. I disagree with some here. I dis- you want to go fucking fight and kill each other? Have the fuck at it. I'll sit back, like I said earlier, I enjoy a really good shit show. I'll sit up against the wall, my arms crossed, and with a shit eating grin and watch these all fucking go at each other's throats. And laugh. These are all fucking idiots. Crazy you know, world, man. It. Yeah, it's a crazy world. I don't think either side's got a lockdown on the right thing. No. You know what I'm either. saying? I'm I'm with you, man. I'm I'm all about uh policy, not politics, man. Our party. I, I want somebody to present some good ideas, man. I want some somebody's voice to try to bring the left, the right, to the middle. In the middle is where America was built, man. In the middle is where community is. Where in the middle is where people uh build together and work together. Yeah. Yeah, man. That whole left, that whole right, man. They fuck. They they kill each other on a daily basis, man. And they're and they're. You know, it's not making it good for you or I. No, it's not. So what the fuck, man? So it's like, you know what I do? It's like, you know, I'm, I guess no, I'm part of the problem, I guess they want to say, because I fucking go to work. I try to take care of my daughter the best I can. I have my girl and I do what I do for me and mine. You know what I mean? And that's all I can do. That's all I yeah. can do. What am I doing? I'm trying to take care of. I'm trying to be the best father I can be. Right. Period. Period. You know, yep. hopefully all this shit will fucking go off and, and everything will be, it'll never be back to normal again, how we saw it ever. But at the end of the day, if I'm a good father, it's all that matters to me at this point in my life. You know what I mean? I think, I think that's a man's most important task, man. You know what I mean? Is investing in them children. That's it. You know, I, I always loved my babies and they knew it. You know what I mean? We we went on the vacations. We went to the amusement parks, man. We we built them forts in the living room. And you know what I mean? They knew that I loved them, man. Yeah. But uh, they were more the objects of my affection rather than my responsibility to prepare the, for this world. You know what I mean? And that's something that's always going to haunt me, man, is, uh, is all them formative years, man. We just kind of floated from one day to the next without any kind of direction or focus, man. I was focused on the wrong things, chasing this music thing. I should have been at home with them and investing in their, in their preparation for life. Yeah. Yeah. But they're good. They're healthy. You know, uh, I was going to say, you can't beat yourself up over it, man. You just can't do that. No, 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 I don't. I don't, but there are some regrets. You know what I mean? I I, I think regrets and guilt and shame are two different things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without a doubt. I have my regrets as well. I do. Thank God. My daughter is, she's good. You know, she's good. Good. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, man. So now, now let's steer back. Will there ever be a coldest life reunion with you singing? Oh man. You know, uh, I, I, you know this, but, uh, I just buried my daughter. Well, actually we cremated her, uh, my oldest. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to say that as a part of you coming out of prison and then into a pandemic, and then that crossed my mind, but I didn't want to put it out there. Um, but then that happens. Yeah, man. That, um, I, I have no words to say, um, but 
I can't imagine, dude. And I, my, I am fucking sorry, man. Well, thank you, man. There, there aren't words, you know what I mean? So, right. you know, you, I appreciate the thought and the condolence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I've been through some hard periods in my life, man, but this stretch right here, losing my daughter, she was my baby, man. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, but any, anyway, I went into that to tell you this, that, uh, Roy, the original drummer and I have been, uh, at odds for some years and, uh, and he came and showed his respect and, uh, and we talked and, um, you know, as far as a cold as life reunion, I don't know. You know what I mean? But I guess it's more possible now than it's ever been because we, we hugged, hugged some shit out and, uh, and looked at each other and realized the importance of our friendship is, uh, trumps anything that kind of beef we had going on. Right. So who, who knows? You know what I mean? But I'm 50 years old, bro. And you that know don't I mean? matter. That don't matter. You fucking yell at people. You'll be fine. You're right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You know what I mean? I'm supposed to be getting together with them here in a couple of weeks for this car show. So I don't know. Right. That's fucking awesome. That's good. I like to hear that. That would be insane. So now I, I completely forgot, but it's just popped in my head. What did you, what do you, what did you think about the other versions of coldest life after you were not singing any longer? Well, I was in prison for right. that, whole, that whole time. Um, did you hear any of the stuff? And Yeah, of course. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and I heard a lot about it too from, from, you know, whatever you want to call it, loyalists or, you know what I mean? There's everybody got an opinion. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? I think people do normally people do what they feel is right. You know what I mean? And take into consideration other people's, uh, feelings, the respect for, or, you know what I mean? They take other things into consideration when they make their decision. But I think there's other people, man, that they do what they want to do to benefit themselves, regardless of how they hurt other people or disrespect other people. And I think there was a little of both of that going on. You know, Roy, on the other hand, is, is one of them people that I think he does the right thing and takes into consideration others. There's somebody else that was involved in some of that shit that, that isn't at all. And, uh, you know, right. Okay. So, so as far as having an opinion about it, you know what I mean? I think people do what they feel is right. You know what I mean? I, well, I, I mean, the only I reason why, I mean, I mean, you should, you, I mean, you have every right to have an opinion. You're an original member. So, right. you know what I mean? Right. It's your band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wrote it, wrote most of the, you know what I mean? Most everything. Ron did some, I wrote all the music. Uh, you know, it was, it was, it was my baby. You know what I mean? Roy was there from the beginning, but then he quit. We got Timmy Mysick for a while there. I was the only original guy doing it for years. And then when I get locked up, you know, they want to, they want to throw cold as life back together when they all jump shit prior to, you know what I mean? As a matter of fact, when, Cold as life. <laughs> you got me going, bro. Good. When cold, when cold as life was a band, right, doing our thing, and, and we started butting all them heads. We had a, a studio in the city. We had all our merch there, all our consignment files there, all our music there, mu- uh, uh, guitars, and everything was in that office. And these motherfuckers, like thieves in the night. Roy wasn't part of this, but that cocksucker Gook was, and uh, some other guys. Were involved, Big Dog, Timmy Mysick, they were all involved in it. They went in there like things in the night, man, and took everything. They took st- stacks of consignment files, man, where all our distro was, man. 
because they were wash, trying to wash their hands of the taxes that was involved in some of this, you know, income. Anyway, they took fucking guitars off the walls, man, from dead homies of mine that left them to me. They took every stitch of merchandise, man, and they fucking split to, to New York to, to play with that sworn enemy band. Again, Roy wasn't part of this, but all them other motherfuckers were. Ah. Yeah. I never knew that. <laughs> That's yeah. all news to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when Big Dog, Gook, and, uh, and Timmy joined with Sworn Enemy, that was their departing move from the city here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hurt me, bro. It hurt me. Yeah, it's, it's pretty rough right there, man. It's yeah. fucked up. Yep. It, was, it was about a $40,000 loss. I mean, I know that's peanuts in, in, in the bigger picture, man, but it was, it was a lot of money to a, a dude like me. Yeah, and the man. Guitar, the guitar, Jake Locke, man. Uh, one of the bass players for Cold as Life, he's gone now. He gave me a guitar, man, a sweet guitar, and I had it on the wall as a keepsake. They took that fucking guitar. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. man. I got you all sparked up, huh? <laughs> a little bit, man. A little <laughs> bit. Yeah, man. You know, I spent my life building that shit up, man. That Goop was like 16 years old or something like that. We brought him in and under our wing and shared everything, man. Like he was eating at the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, uh, and he did that, man, because he fell in love with some tramp out there. It's <laughs> 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 uh, fucking hysterical. Right. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess to summarize it, you're not really a fan of the other versions of Cold as Life as a whole. Well, there's been so many though, Jimmy. You know what I mean? I, I you know. know. Roy, 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 again, man. I feel like he did what he thought was right, and he had the right to do. And you know, I was in prison. You know, I I originally got sentenced to ten to twenty. I I got some time back in the Supreme Court, but here I'm gone for ten at least, maybe twenty, and. uh and he still had that fire lit and he wanted to do something, man. So he, I think he did what he thought was right or what he wanted to do. Yeah. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, he's a coattail riding, uh, you know what I mean? Chameleon, liar, cheats, thieves. You know what I mean? He's a, he's a scam. Right. He's a scam is what he is. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. Fuck. Well, 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 there's that. <laughs> right, right, right. Sorry, man. I mean, no, don't apologize to me, man. This is your platform. You get whatever else off your chest that you need to. It's fine with me. I'm just, I'm just listening. We're just listening to you here. Right, right. You know, but shit, man. I mean, do you ever go back and listen to all your old shit? Do you ever listen to Hate Ink records and shit or no? You know, I lost everything when I went to prison, man. I got no music. I, I didn't come home to a stitch of clothes. You know what I mean? I lost everything when I went to prison. Well, you can go right on YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. You can listen to everything you've ever done on YouTube. Right, right. Yeah, I, you know, I've done a little bit. You know, I, I work out and I put that heavy shit in when I work out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, man. I've never really been a big fan of Cold as Life, though. You know what I mean? I, it's like, you know what I mean? Now that's just crazy talk. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was our stuff. You know what I mean? But... Not it wasn't my my go to. No, what's your go to shit? Oh man, hands down, best record ever. Not even the hardcore genre, man. Is okay. love songs for the unloved, sheer terror. Really? Okay. Yeah, hands down, my favorite record ever. I just hit Brendan up, man, and he uh 
he's supposed to have sent a copy of it out. You know, I haven't gotten it yet, but uh, I know I can go on, uh, you know, all these devices and get it. But, you know, I want my collection back. Of course. So I've, been, I've been trying to piece some stuff together. I, I had a killer vinyl collection. I'm talking oldies, man. Yeah. It's all gone. Every photo I've ever had, every everything uh, I've ever had. So that's one thing. It's like there's that stupid fucking, you know, uh, that that uh, that question, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hypothetical question where, you know, if, if all your pets and all your family and loved ones are out of the burning house, what's the first thing you would go in to grab? Photographs. Yeah, like man. actual photographs that yeah. are unreplaceable, that you don't have on your stupid phone or right? everything right. else is replaceable, but that kind of shit, man. So yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, what was, did you guys, I mean, I don't even know, but was there like, you, you've pressed like Born Plan Hard on vinyl, didn't you? But maybe not too many. Never, right? Never uh, on vinyl? No, I've been talking with somebody that's thinking about, uh, we're, we're trying to work things out, man, and, and press it though. Yeah. Dude, people would fucking eat that shit up, man. Yeah, I think so. I've been out of the game. hundred percent. Yeah. I've been out of the game, man. Uh, you know, the distros, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. even know if I have time I, to work like that. I had a decent vinyl collection, nothing crazy, but just shit that I like, but you know, mostly hardcore stuff and like different color vinyl and just limited edition stuff. And, and if I think my, but well, first of all, I sold all of it like an asshole. You know, I think I was like, oh, I had to pay bills. I was back on a car payment or some shit. And I'm like fucking eBay. And I kicked myself in the ass. I could probably re-get everything, but obviously everything's more expensive because it was expensive then. But regardless, yeah. I never thought that vinyl would come back like how it is now. And, and it's the only thing that I thank a hipster for. Hipsters brought back the vinyl. Right, right, right. It's the only good thing that I feel like they brought back to the table. Now, I've been starting to get some vinyl, you know, again. But I think that if a label puts out and presses, you do like a bundle package, bro. You get fucking Born to Land Hard on like like blue and like whatever color, like on, on the cover. You get like the fucking like two different colors from the cover, like that weird blue and gray swirly vinyl and a black vinyl, two different kinds with like a t-shirt and like a fucking couple of different stickers and you sell a hoodie with the vinyl. You won't <laughs> even be able to keep them in stock, bro. I'm telling you people would eat that shit up and I'd get the first one. <laughs> Matt, you know what yeah, you gave man. me some ideas. I'm telling you, bro, the big thing right now, bundle packages. Yeah, yeah. Craig, like four Craig, Holloway. Craig Holloway's my pal, man. I could, I could probably give him a ring and see if he could divine something. 100%. Craig Holloway just did a fucking uh, thing of me. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. great. And he's a really old good friend of mine too, man. Yeah. Well, he, did, he, he redid the cover for Life is Pain, the Hate Inc. record, because that got pressed on vinyl. Right. You know what I mean? So he did that that, that new cover, and he he's done a whole bunch of fucking artwork. God, we can go on for hours about his artwork, yeah. but um, yeah, man, like four or five different bundle packages. You get a T-shirt with the two vinyls and a sticker. 
you get a different t-shirt with one vinyl and a sticker for a different price, a hoodie. And then you get like the whole big, huge bundle where it's like a hoodie, a t-shirt, both vinyl, the fucking CD. Yo, kids are even buying cassette tapes again. You make a fucking cassette tape and a couple of stickers, sell for $125. You'll be at the post office all day. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Yeah, I hear you, bro. I hear you. You know, maybe me and Royal work something out. You know what I mean? That would be fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Seven inch, something, something. Re-record like four songs on the sneak. Don't tell nobody. Just put it out there. Like surprise, here you go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like just it's. I'm, but there's so much you can do. There's so much you can do. People will eat that shit up because, like I said earlier, when we first started, like you were like, I'm surprised that people even have interest anymore. I'm telling you, there is. Especially with you back in the picture, 100%. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's my personal feeling. I could be wrong, but I don't right, think right. I am. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Well, it's just some ideas. I don't know. Roll it around in your head. Ask Roy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it. I, like I said, I got somebody that's talking about pressing that Borderland hard on some vinyl, and I got another guy in Spain that's talking about doing uh, – one of the demo that demo with Terror Zone, uh, uh, man, I forget Police uh, ninety five demo. Yeah, with Ron. Yeah, yeah. when Jake Locke was still alive. Yeah. So he's gonna press that. Uh, I just sent him the artwork, and so that'll that'll be coming out here soon. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's good, man. It's all good shit. Yeah, yeah. Fucking. Put, put, put while you're on that, and while we're on this topic, you just fucking slip in a nice fucking repress of Fraternal Order of Felons on vinyl. <laughs> fucking hard, bro. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we do the whole package, like you said, bundle it. Bundle it, just like Detroit hate packaging. Fuck it. Right, right. Why not? Yeah, Shit, man. Well, fuck, man. Is there anything else you'd want to talk about? Because I know I'm sure I'm going to fucking end this. I'm going to be like, fuck, I shouldn't have fucking stopped because I wanted to ask him something. But is there anything that you want to tell anybody who's, I mean, dude, like I said, said it a few times, people were really looking forward to this. And there's cold as life fans still, dude. You know? And I, I feel fortunate because... This is your first podcast ever, probably, right? Is this your first podcast ever? You're breaking up there, but... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. This, this is your first podcast? Yep. Yeah, so I feel honored to, to have you, you know, on this especially. And um, I don't know if you have any closing words. Am I still breaking up? No, no, I got you now. Okay. Uh, anything else you want to touch on? I mean, I don't know. How about a, a lesson to the kids? <laughs> Some shit. I don't fucking know. Man. Now I sound like fucking Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I find myself saying the same thing over and over. I, you know, uh, listen, man, just don't. If I had to say something to the kids, I'd say uh, don't let, you know, pain and regret force you into, room, into a room that you should be walking into. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, potential is developed and built man you know these kids don't have a lot of focus going on right now man or maybe i'm just naive but uh you know do the right thing and push yourself man don't let pain and regret be your your teacher man you know what i mean 
Yeah. Uh, I know too many, man, that have. And uh, they say that, you know, uh, life experience is the best teacher. But, you know, I don't know, man. Life, the life in the world is cold and cruel. It'll teach you, man. It'll teach you. But yeah. it's a cold lesson, man. It's a hard lesson, man. Damn right. Do the things, do them things, man, your heart tells you to do because more times than not, they're going to be the right thing, man. Right. Yep. Beautiful. Beautifully stated, bro. Now, I always close. I'll let you know. This is going to go up raw on YouTube, and I always just put it up raw on the Facebook group. And I put up the audio version everywhere you listen to a podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, it goes everywhere. But on that audio version, I tack on my intro and I will ask you your pick. You have to close out with two songs of your choice, a coldest life song and a hate incorporated song. What are they going to be? Born to land hard. And, uh, on the yard. <laughs> Fuck them on. Yeah. And, and I love, because once again, I love a shit show. I love all the Charlie Manson shit, bro. Oh, I fucking love it. Hey, there's a cat in Europe that used to play for length of time. I don't know if he still does, man. His name is Michelle Kirby. And I've never met a, a Manson freak like this cat. <laughs> For years, this dude was sending me seven inches and cassettes and T-shirts and hoodies. I'm talking like on a monthly basis, man, of, of new Charlie stuff. No shit. Yeah, man. Good guy, man. Nice. Actually, I'm going to hit you up. And if you don't mind, send me like, I don't know, a mailing address or something. I'm going to mail you something. And then you're probably going to be like, all right, Jimmy, I just got your package. What the fuck did you just send me? And I'll tell you what it is. You're going to be like, holy shit, this is crazy. Right. All right. All right. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'll send you a little package. Cool. 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 If I, if, I, uh, if I get this, some of this stuff, this stuff going on, man, I'll send you something too, bro. Yeah, listen, I support you guys. I'll support anything you do. I'll buy anything. I don't want nothing for fucking free. I appreciate it, but I will buy it. Whatever it is. All right? All right, bro. All right, so we're going to close out with Born to Land Hard off of fucking the hardest record ever and On the Yard off of Fraternal Order of Felons Hate Incorporated. Detroit fucking hardcore. Right. Jeff. Jimmy. My man. Thank you. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. No thanks necessary, man. I appreciate you. I still got to thank you regardless. This was fucking awesome and... We'll definitely be in touch, 100%. This isn't going to drop for a little while because I have several like lined up, but it, it's done and done, and, and it'll 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 go. Okay. And it'll be you'll be it'll be all over the place. So right on, man. Appreciate yeah. your time, bro. No, I appreciate your time, man. Listen, when I get off this parole, man, I'm gonna come out there and see you guys, man. But make sure you tell Raj and Vinny and any of the other fellows, man, that you know I'm out and I'm well, and that I say hello. I'll hit them up as soon as we're done. Perfect. Awesome. Stay safe, be well, and I'm so happy that you're in a good place, brother. Me too, man. You too. Be safe. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk soon, Jimmy. Absolutely, brother. All right. Later. Later. Later.
attempted escape, parole violation, homosexual rape, assault, procuring, mail theft, grand theft auto, forgery. Psychiatric evaluation, emotional instability, rejection, reaction, psychic trauma, bisexual, dangerous, assaulted. Oh, I'm out.